Hey, what's up, everybody? This is episode 59 of the Follow You Anywhere podcast. And uh, we're going to uh, jump in here in just a minute. Before we do, just wanted to let you know kind of what the plan is for the summer. We are going to be back in a couple of weeks with episode 60. Cam and I are both out of town next week, and so we're going to take a break there. But then after episode 60, we're going to give you... Uh, several weeks, I think four or five weeks, we've got a little break here in the summer and, uh, we'll, we'll still be working and doing stuff, but we're going to be all over the place. And so we figured that'd be a strategic time to let you catch up on some of the episodes. And so you'll get a few weeks back and then we'll, uh, we'll get back to more consistent pace in what Cam July. Is that right? The end of July. End of July. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick back up and drop a new episode every week. So uh, today's 59, in a couple of weeks, episode 60, and then you'll have some time to catch up. And so use that time and take advantage of the opportunity and get caught up so that when we hit the ground running with episode 61, you're ready to go. Cam, what are we talking about for episode 59 today? Talking about a couple different things, just some like little nuggets of wisdom and, and info. Um, but first, a question. Uh, first, a question for you. Oh, for me. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite type of nugget? Hmm. I'm a sauce guy. Yeah. So it depends on what kind of mood I'm in for the sauce. Mm-hmm. So probably. Either Chick Fil A, yeah, the Nuggets, mm-hmm. they're the best standalone. Just like no sauce, just eating the chicken yeah. nugget. Um, but then a a chicken nugget with the uh, sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's. Oh, uh, okay, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, all right. So it just kind of depends. Yeah, I, I like the Chick Fil A one way more. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to say Gold Nuggets, number one for me, and then Chick-fil-A is a close second. We don't have that here, though, do we? We don't have a Golden Chick, do we? No, no, no. I mean, like, Gold Nuggets. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. That is not... Mm-mm, that's not the same. Uh, I didn't say Chicken Nuggets. I said favorite type of nuggets. You just went to chicken. I mean... I mean, the only two chicken nuggets I actually know of are Chick-fil-A and McDonald's, so I I don't even know this golden chicken, chicken you speak of. Did you ever hold, heard of the golden chick? No. Hmm. I might have to try it now. Well, I mean, I don't know. Is there one in New Orleans? Mm, I don't know. All right. I mean, it's not like anything like incredible. Oh, okay. Eh. Let's see. Oh, I guess there are some, uh, the Sonic's got the popcorn chicken, so that could be considered a popcorn or a chicken nugget. Have you never seen those before? Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Th- they have nuggets? I don't know. I'm oh, assuming. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like Chicken Express. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming, but I don't know. All right. There's one in Panama City. Several nuggets. Two but, hours and But before we away. do, you had a question for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Do you or have you ever had a storage unit? Yes. Do you currently have one or no? Did wait. You? Was that my storage unit or was that somebody else's? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to ask Lauren. I'm pretty sure we had one at one time. I think we did. Um, so you don't even know what was in it. If you uh, had one. Yeah, stuff that needed to be stored. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I really think we had one at one point. It's been a while. It's okay. It's not a trick question. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people that have storage units. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely don't have one now. Well, I mean, I say we don't. We we do, but we're just not paying extra for it. It's attached to our house. They call it the garage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... This is just pretty wild. This this was this was um, very staggering when I read this. In America alone, this came out. This was reported that came out in 2020. In America alone, Americans yearly spend how much? Let's go individually first. What? How much do you think Americans spend individually on self-storage? On average? Yeah. On average. Like the average person or the average family? Family person. A- average family. Just just think average cost for a storage r- unit. Yeah, yeah. Average size. Uh, $800 a year. Mm. More like. Two thousand a year on an average family. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Could be anywhere. Uh, uh, typically, a ten by ten unit is around one hundred and fifty dollars a month. What? Mm-hmm. And then there are certain like different insurances and stuff like that that you could potentially need to have. Um, so anyway, just on average, two two thousand dollars a month. Really? How much do you think that is annually? For the United States, for Americans on self-storage. Well, if the average family spends $150 a month. That's just for one. There two, are people th- that have multiples. $2,000 a year. There's 300 million people. It's the average family of 300 million times... Two thousand. You really going in on this? This is not what I was expecting him to do. Two thousand two. Uh, two billion, two billion dollars. Thirty-eight billion. Billion. Ah, uh, I need to add another zero anyway. Yeah, uh, twenty billion is what I should have said, but yeah. So thirty-eight billion. Thirty-eight billion dollars a year on self-storage. On things that a lot of times people eventually throw away or things that are broken or things that they never come back for. Hmm. $38 billion. So I wonder if I could get somebody to pay me to let them put their stuff in my garage. You can. That's the thing. Is it really? Yes. Really? Yes. Like you're selling out your garage. Yes. It's a thing. Huh. You can make money almost doing anything these days. 
Well, I'd have to get my own storage stuff out first. That's true. You'd have to get very creative with your storage setup, but it is possible. You can make money to store other people's stuff. Well, I can't park my car in there, so. Yeah. Might as well get paid for it. Yeah. Um, mm. So, $38 billion a year. And I'm not saying that having a storage unit is wrong. But when that begins to come into focus on the amount of money and what that looks like, and if you take a true, a true um, account and overview of what you're doing with that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've talked about it. We've gone back and forth on different things, different ideas on what it means to store up your treasure and those types of things. And so, hypothetically. I also heard this statistic. It was also mind-blowing. So right now, um, I don't have all of the numbers in front of me, but right now, um, it cost about... Let me see where that number was. Um, So there is a company that can translate the Bible. Mm-hmm. At thirty-five dollars a verse, mm-hmm. with about thirty-one thousand verses, so that totals to about a million dollars per translation. Mm-hmm. I don't know the, um, I don't know the exact total number. Mm-hmm. I guess I could do the math, but I'm not going to. Um, to translate all known translations left would cost four billion dollars and so the idea was if you could take 32 billion dollars and spend it on self-storage how much more practical and how much more life-changing and life-giving would it be to somehow take four billion out of that 32 billion and put it into translating the Bible and mm-hmm. those types of things. And so my question is where's the balance of how do you walk through life um, and see Jesus in those types of details? Mm-hmm. How do you see Jesus in the the details of can I spend this $2,000 a year on this storage unit or do I give this $2,000 to do something like this mm-hmm. or do I do this? Um, and, and you know, counting the cost of what you're storing, what you're keeping, where you're putting your treasure. And I think it's a much bigger picture of, you know, what we, what we do, what we put our focus and what our emphasis in and what we're, what we're pouring out. Um, and what we're putting our time and our energy into. And it's not that a storage unit is a lot of time and energy because typically what you do is you pay the money, it comes out automatically, and then you go put all your stuff in there at once, and then every now and again you'll come grab something out of it maybe. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not. Maybe it just stays there. And so it can be out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. But those numbers were staggering. It's also crazy. Um, So... For annually, mm-hmm. um, how much do you think Americans annually spend on a Big Mac from McDonald's? 
as a as a total 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 group. Six billion dollars. Okay, so you shot a little high on that one. So I probably inflated your numbers with the other one. But still, the estimated average of a Big Mac purchase across the United States for an entire year is $2.5 billion. Hmm. So for the amount of money for half... So about half of America is eating on average at least one Big Mac a week. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, their slogan is like over a billion hamburgers old or whatever, so somebody's got to be eating them. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't had McDonald's in a long time. We like McDonald's. We eat McDonald's every now and again. Really? Hmm. It's kind of what we get on the way out of town, typically. But anyway. um, I probably wasn't supposed to say that. People judge you for eating McDonald's. Do they? Yeah. I don't know why. Because somebody's eating them. Obviously, they're selling a whole bunch of hamburgers. Hmm. But, so, just like the thought of, and not that you can't eat a hamburger, not that you can't have a storage unit, but just the thought of, how do we get to that place where we start to see Jesus in those decisions and in those moments? And, and it's not that we can go, all right, America, what we need you to do is not eat any Big Macs for the next two years, and we'll have all of the translations done, which also is a second scary thought, too, just as a little rabbit trail right here. Well, they would have to, they would have to take their money they're spending right, right. on the storage. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, if, if you could do that. I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. hey, if we said, giant billboard said, hey, stop what you're doing, put your money over here, and this is going to happen. Also kind of scary, though, to think about, hypothetically, if that $4 billion was raised and all the translations were written mm-hmm. and then sent out to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. um, uh, would the end of the world come? Uh, well, I mean, that's one of the things that's going to happen is the whole world's going to hear, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Maybe that's, there are people trying to delay the four billion dollars. <laughs> that's that's the only thing that uh, needs to happen, or uh, I don't think anything necessarily needs to happen before the next big event. But we're not talking about eschatology today. Uh, I think the rapture could happen at any moment. But um, the other thing you got to consider is that probably the majority of the people that are spending that money on Big Macs and storage units couldn't care less if the Bible's translated. What, you think Christians don't need Big Macs? Uh, I'm just saying that... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, just... the amount of people that that care, uh, unfortunately, even in the church, is probably not going to be extremely high. Yeah. Like, they would... I mean, there's so many different things to invest our money in as a church. And I feel like even those, so I believe there are a lot of church members throughout the world that are just professing believers, not truly saved. Yep. They, don't, they don't really have a relationship with the Lord. 
And then those that do have a relationship with the Lord, I think there are many who would probably rather spend that money if we were going to shift that money on meeting the physical needs of others so that we could, you know, share the gospel with them and help the needy and things like that. So, but I would say that those that can't hear the word because there's not a Bible translation that they can understand are pretty needy. Yeah. Uh, they, they've actually got the greatest need of anybody. Right. Absolutely. They can't hear the message. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. Well, it's just, it just, I saw those numbers this past week and it just really caught me off guard. I was really just couldn't believe that that amount of money was spent on that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so it just caused me to kind of think about, you know, okay, how do, how do we get to the place where, we see Jesus in these types of decisions that we make. And I, and I mean that in a sense of how do I, how do I get to this point where I go, okay, um, you know, God, and, and again, I'm not saying that God's leading you to not have a storage unit. That's what they tried to do in the nineties, right? With the bracelets. Yeah. What would Jesus do? Yeah. It's driving through McDonald's asking yourself, what would Jesus do? Would he order a Big Mac? Would he order chicken nuggets? I don't know. Would he drive probably, off and never come back to this place? Probably more of a fish guy. Yeah? But I don't know if he's a flail fish guy. Yeah, I don't know about that McDonald's fish. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That, that fish did not come from the Sea of Galilee. No. Uh-uh. No. It came from Galilee's farm down <laughs> the road. Straight from farm bread. Tilapia, North Atlantic, cod, my butt. <laughs> anyway, but, um, you know, so just getting to that place, just something to chew on, just something to think about as, you know, for our listeners and for us, just something to think about it is, is when you're walking through the day, I believe that very simply, um, without getting on like a hyper-spiritual level, you can just legitimately ask the Lord, hey, show me what you want to do today. Show me... Let me reveal yourself, reveal something new to me, reveal yourself to me. Let me see um, what what I can do on whatever level that looks like. Um, the, the Bible tells us that if we pray for wisdom and it's a, it's a true seeking of wisdom for, you know, the right purposes that will be given wisdom. And, uh, and so um, I think when, when you put Jesus in the mix of those types of decisions, uh, you begin to see opportunities to maybe do things a little differently. Um, and getting to that place can be really hard, but, you know, that was that's just kind of a challenge is, you know, what are you, um, yeah, I think what are you that, storing and what are you, what are you putting, what are you putting yourself into? Yeah, I think there's a balance, though, because you got to be careful. You could see Jesus in everything, but you could also see Satan in everything. Sure. And so if you're, looking for extra biblical revelation all the time and you're saying, okay, show me what I need to do. And there's no biblical principle to support what you feel like you're being led to do. Then how do you know that's God and not Satan? You know, how do you know what voice is speaking to you? Sure. If there's not any biblical support, that's why, it's so dangerous, these movements that talk about just emptying your mind and letting God speak into it. Well, the problem with that is 
if if it's not in correspondence with God's word, which is the primary method in which he speaks to us, then any voice could speak to us at that point. Sure. Because there's spiritual warfare going on all around us. And so you got to be careful about that. But I think the key is continuing to grow in the knowledge and understanding of God's word and considering those principles while you're making the decision. And so, you know, asking God to give you wisdom and then considering what God's speaking to you about as you think about the principles that he does give us in his word. And the only way you can do that is if you know his word. But, I mean, when it comes to things like, you know, storage units and Big Macs and, you know, stuff that is just things that we don't really think about on a spiritual level, I think it's limited information that the Bible shares with us that applies to those things. But there are some things that are there. You know, you think about being good stewards, not only of your um, money, but also of your health. Well, how does that apply? You know, uh, it's kind of a a catch-22, so to speak, in stewardship, because fast food is very economic, but it's also typically not good for your health. And so by being a, a good steward, you could argue financially, and not choosing to go to a nice meal every night and being able to use that money more for ministry-related things or helping people in need or giving back to the church or you know whatever the case may be, in order to do that, you're eating food that is not good for your body, so you're not stewarding your body well at that point. But then how many other things do you do that's not stewarding your body well. Yeah. You know, some people eat extremely healthy, but then they don't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not good stewardship of your body either. You need as healthy as you want, not get enough sleep. Some people get great sleep, but they don't eat healthy. And so, like, all of those things are principles that God's Word speaks to, but then, you know, you throw into that mix, like, and this is where it really starts to get complex. We need to operate with eternity in mind. And so um, if we're operating with eternity in mind, then this body, this temple, it is it is temporary, right? And eventually it's going to turn to dust. But we're thinking about the spirit and the soul. And so we've got to be focused more on the spirit and the soul. And so what do those things do and how does that compare or how does that uh, impact the spirit and the soul? Well, if you're just constantly storing junk that you don't need, um, you know, you could be overwhelming your spirit. You could be distracting your spirit. Uh, You could be organizing things so that you could focus on things that really matter. And so there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And, yeah, there's, I I believe there's several different principles that you could apply and argue it one way or argue it the other. Yeah. But um, I think the key is continuing to 
familiarize yourself with the Word of God, to grow in your knowledge and understanding of the Word of God, and take time to ask God to give you wisdom and direction and to think about things more than just going by the motions. And we talk about not going by the motions in church, but but really just life as a whole. Think about, okay, how is this helping me accomplish my mission and vision as a follower of Christ? Yeah. I think a lot of things that we do, we just don't think about that. Right. And we think that it doesn't matter. And maybe it doesn't. But we should at least consider it. Yeah. What about... um? What about like Matthew six nineteen through 21? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For your, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Yeah, but do you think people are storing up treasures in storage units? I'm not. Most of my storage in my garage is Christmas decorations. Yeah, but that's different. You think people are storing up treasures in their storage units? It's not necessarily treasure. It's excess. Yeah. I think that's the big thing. It's excess. It's not... It's it's treasure. It's not treasure, literal possession treasure. It's treasure because it's yours mm-hmm. and because it's yours and you don't want to get rid of it and it's mm-hmm. excess and it's i gotta have it i gotta want and you know it's mine i want it mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to let it go yeah that's where it becomes the treasure and i don't know i'm not saying that that bible verse is saying not to have a storage unit but i'm just to me it's almost like you know yeah i think jesus is drawing a contrast there between focusing on the earthly things and focusing on the heavenly things but you could almost argue that on the other end, you're not focused on those things. That's why they're in a storage unit. Yeah, but your money is focused on those things. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Some money is. Yeah. $38 billion worth is. Right. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm, I'm, this has. But it's a, but it's a, just a general expense. It's like, um, you know, you could say the same thing about anything. Cable, having a phone. Sure. I mean, like those are expenses that we have. Well, but I would say that those all of those things are far more practical and beneficial, can be. Mm-hmm. They can also be detrimental, but can be than a room full of stuff. Yeah. Like you can use your phone to build relationships, talk to people, connect with people, see news, da-da-da-da. You can have people in your house to watch movies, to gather, those types of things. Ain't nobody going to a storage unit (laughs) to do anything but work. Yeah. I guess it depends on what's in the storage unit. If we had one, I think it would have been when we were between houses. Yeah, I mean, hey, we've had one in between houses and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not saying that you're evil. Obviously, there's a bunch of people that have them. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just trying to think what the um Yeah. But I'm just I you know, there's a time and a place I'm sure for it, but I'm saying that there there are people and we know this for a fact. There are people that have storage units that they've paid 
for years and years and years, and they just sit there, mm-hmm. and they're never touched. They're with, just there with, with junk they don't need. Yeah, hmm. and and that's my question is just like, all right, how do we get to that place? Obviously, in in conjunction and in accordance to scripture, mm-hmm. but how mm-hmm. do we get to that place where we go? You know what? This two thousand dollars is a lot better off going to something else. Yeah. You know, like living in that place. That that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying like getting to that mindset, living in a place, having that relationship with Jesus. This this is more of a challenge. It's a question but more of a challenge mm-hmm. to people to to get to that place where they're like, you know, this is this is more beneficial something somewhere else, something else. So, it's just something to ponder on, to chew about if you got a storage unit and you haven't been there in a while, maybe drop by, see what you got, <laughs> sell it, keep it. I don't know. Yeah. Just something to something to look at. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with them, um, but you know, if you're in a spot and you're like, you feel like the Lord is calling you to give or calling you to support ministries or whatever, and you're like, I just don't have the finances, but you're spending two thousand dollars a month on something like that. Mm-hmm. You know that might be that may be an avenue where the Lord is like, you're storing up stuff that doesn't matter. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Just something. Just something to think about. So. What about gym membership? I think a gym membership is fine. You're. You're. What if you don't use it though? Well, if you don't use it, I don't think it's fine. I think it's stupid. How many people are paying for gym memberships they never use because oh, the yeah. startup fees yeah. are so much? They're like, oh, I'll use it again sometime. I th- yeah, I think that's the exact same. That that could even be worse because you got no value. At least, it away. at least a storage unit, you've got something in it, protecting it, kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no way. You're, you're, uh, yeah, throwing away money at that point. Mm-hmm. Man, to be so rich, to just have memberships, to just wow, yeah, like twenty dollars a month. <laughs> I had a gym membership that was ten dollars a month back in Arkansas, and you never went. I used it like four times <laughs> in a month, and then never used it again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I I used it quite a bit when I had it. But fell out of the habit. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Excuse me. Yeah, no, I'm not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Hmm. I'd rather be at home. I don't know. I'd give me one of them Bowflexes. <laughs> Back to the mid-2000s. Hey, Bowflex. Hey, people People have those stored in there. They do. They got those. I could find one probably. <laughs> Get the Chuck Norris ripped with the bow flex but um yeah no so i th- I think there's a lot of things like that you know that that have that type of that type of thing but at least you do have some type of benefit mm-hmm. you know from those types of things but yeah in other areas like gym memberships and um i mean even like as silly and simple as like Netflix or Hulu, if you're not watching them but you're paying for you know those types of things, that stuff adds up. Um, so, but again, 
none of this is to say, hey, if you've got these things or you're doing these things, unless it's a gym membership that you're not using, um, you know, maybe you should just get rid of that one or start going to the gym. Um, but I think that, I think that just getting to a place in your relationship with Jesus where you can see those types of things and go, hey, you know, this could be different or should be or or whatever. So just a little little nugget to think about. So um Yeah, and also walking in wisdom. Yeah. Not necessarily right or wrong, but maybe just not wise. Right. But you know, we worship a God who's infinitely wise and like you said, he tells us to ask him for wisdom. So um people do a lot of dumb stuff. Not necessarily wrong, just dumb. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, this is just something to think about. You know, the, I saw those numbers. It was pretty staggering. Um, obviously, when you look at what $38 billion a year could do across the board in other areas, there are so many other things that could be done as well, you know, just positively for mm-hmm. for people. and um, So just, I was like, wow, that is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. About to open a storage facility. Yeah. That's another thing, too. Like, you see them all over the place. And in my mind, I'm going, there surely can't be that many people in the Houston store. I was wrong. Evidently, there are. Evidently. This is this is not, this is a huge, huge business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like I said, this 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 episode wasn't, by any means designed to point out people for being wrong for that that kind of stuff for for having that but it was more of that question of this is just one area mm-hmm. that we have hard numbers that we can look at and go wow what could we do differently potentially and so there are so many other areas that you could do that as well um but this is just one where it was just kind of like staggering of like wow this is a lot and mm-hmm. being able to see the direct correlation of a ministry and what you could do with even just a small portion of, a you know, a small portion, several billion dollars of that larger billion, you know, yeah. that you could, um, that you could really change the world mm-hmm. with, uh, and then just kind of asking that question, they're like, okay, you know, so just that challenge and that that question of pursuit and challenge to to be connected to the Lord in a way that you would be able to recognize some of those things and maybe, you know, maybe do something differently. But at the same time, I mean, you're no different um, for someone that has a storage unit that's spending $2,000 a year on it. Uh, that's not using that money to go towards any ministry. Uh, no different than someone who doesn't have a storage unit, who's not giving two thousand dollars to you know a ministry like there's no difference there so i'm not saying that like but just you know recognizing needs and finding ways to help be a part of those those changes i think is important mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes the avenue of doing it is self-sacrifice and that's hard um but but yeah so I don't know, just, it was just, like I said, just saw those numbers and was like, wow, that's very, really interesting. And uh, let's, let's talk about it because 
I want to I want to be to a place um, where I I don't necessarily always, but I want to be to a place where I see see what the Lord is doing in certain areas, and and I can I can be like, okay, yeah, this is, yep, you know, following God anywhere, yeah, everywhere, every day, every decision. Mm-hmm. Hmm. To be or not to be. To do or not to do. To go or not to go. Yeah. What would Jesus do? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So. I what else know. you got? You said you had something else. You, you want to hit that one today still or you want to? What, what is it? Uh, it's a it's a old school Bible question. So, right, I mean, it may take a minute for you. I don't know. All right. We're going to wrap it up with an old school Bible question. All right. So, reading through D Group. The other day, came across a couple different scenarios where there were men who had children, multiple people, multiple women mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we, a lot of times in Scripture, we see a man that's married that may have a child or two or three or whatever with his wife, but he also has several other women that he has children with as well. Um, why is that? What, what, what is different now from then? And if God was the same had the same viewpoint on marriage and those types of things uh, then as he does now, why was that the norm? And why was that, um, why was that kind of like seemed to be okay? Mm-hmm. Because as I'm saying that, I know um, that there are plenty of people now that, that have wives and have, mistresses or whatever it may be, or they may have children with somebody else, or they may be divorced and have multiple children with multiple people and things like that. So, like, it's not necessarily uncommon today. It's just worded differently. But we don't really see in mainstream culture, there are some subcultures and sub-religions and things like that 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 have these types of things. But we don't see, like, a man and woman and then have, like, 10 other wives or 10 other women in the picture, you know, but we saw that in scripture. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what gives basically? Uh, well, I mean, I think there's several things to consider. Um, first, I mean, I think the Bible makes it clear that having multiple wives was never God's plan. Like from the very beginning, it was Adam and Eve, right? God created them male and female, and the plan was one man and one woman. Uh, that was God's design for marriage. Now, in the Old Testament, we do see several examples of men having multiple wives, but even then, like, it doesn't say that this is what you should do. It's just it's it's the historical account of what happened now 
the question is why was that allowed and why were some of these men considered to be heroes of the faith? Um, and, and God was, you know, his word was silent on it. It wasn't like, okay, here's what happened. And, um, you know, this is, this is good, but it wasn't, here's what happened. And this is why it was wrong. And so there's kind of like not a, there's not a direct response to what's going on with those men having multiple wives. And so, uh, why that's the case is kind of speculation, but what makes the most sense is kind of the patriarchal society that they were in. And so it was pretty much, um, impossible for an unmarried woman to provide for herself. And so back then they were typically uneducated. They were untrained. They relied on the men in their lives to provide for them, whether it be fathers, brothers, or husbands. And women that were not married were often subjected to prostitution and slavery. And so based on that culture and that society, uh, what's likely is that even though that wasn't God's original plan and intent, uh, because also it's not God's will for women to be subjected to prostitution and slavery, then he allowed that polygamy to, um, or having, you know, men having multiple wives uh, to to protect the women and to give them a source of provision in that patriarchal society. And so the man would take multiple wives and serve as the provider and protector of all of them. And obviously that's not God's plan. It, w- it wasn't even ideal back then, I don't think, but it was better than the alternative Uh, prostitution, slavery, and starvation. And so that's not God's plan either. But I I think the other side of it is early on when the earth was being populated, it allowed men to, um, you know, engage with multiple women to populate the earth. And so even like the, the fact of, um, incest early in the Bible before the law said that it was wrong and sinful, it had to occur because the the population of the earth started with two people, yeah. Adam and Eve. And so um, the, the population of the earth needed reproduction to happen, um, on a large level, and then the patriarchal societies caused women who weren't married to be forced into prostitution and slavery, which was against God's plan and God's design. And so I think those are probably the two most realistic explanations for why we see that in the Bible. But again, the key is that was not God's original design. That was not God's plan. And, and certainly, that's not God's will. I mean, the, the Bible makes it very clear in the New Testament over and over again that the plan is one man, one woman, 
um, and you know, sex within marriage, and you know, the the husband being the father and the spiritual leader, the wife being the the helpmate, um, the one that submits to the husband comes alongside the husband and the children being obedient to their parents as the um, the leaders of the home. And so, uh, yeah, there's no question on what the plan is and, and what God's will is and how it works today. And then on top of all of that, I'm pretty sure pretty much everywhere in the U.S. is illegal to be married to multiple people, and we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. Yeah. And so um, it, it obviously wasn't against the law back then in those patriarchal societies. And so, um, not so much God's disallowing something he previously allowed as it is God's restoring marriage to his original plan. Even going back to Adam and Eve, polygamy was not God's original intent. Seems that he allowed polygamy to solve a problem, but again, not ideal. And in most modern societies, it's uh, there's absolutely no need for it. In most cultures today, women are able to provide for and protect for themselves, removing the only positive aspect of polygamy. Um, so, yeah. That's the best response I've got. Yeah, that's good. I mean, uh, it was just one of those, um, you know, uh, random come across the scriptures and be yeah. like, let's talk about this. Let's let's throw this out there because I'm sure people have asked this question before when reading it. And let's just let's just throw it out there and give an example just in case people don't know. So. Yeah, I, I think the easiest answer because I said a lot right there. The easiest answer is to say one, it's against God's design for marriage. Two, it's not needed because women are able to provide for themselves. And three, it's against the law pretty much everywhere. And so, obviously, we need to be followers of the the law. Yeah. All right. Well, those were the only two major things. And the earth is heavily populated, so we don't need a bunch of extra babies. It's true. Uh, there's there's no need there's no need for that the the one man and one woman things working just fine we we got a bunch of them uh coming here yeah so and they're all married to to one woman and uh a lot of babies being being made mm-hmm. here at IBC it's true with the one man one woman relationship so yeah it's all good. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, those are the only two talking points I have for today. Um, something else I just saw reminded me of something I wanted to talk about a couple weeks ago, but we haven't talked about it. But maybe we can talk about it, we'll talk about it next week. All right. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks because next week we're out of town. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, one week break. Do some catching up. We'll see you on a couple of weeks with episode 60. And we'll talk about what Cam's going to talk about. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. So I'll find out. Some mystery. Some mystery. The the mystery episode, episode 60. Yeah. All right. We'll see you on a couple of weeks. This is Follow You Anywhere. Yeah.